Welcome to Nameless Debate Radio, where radioactivity is contagious. You can join us in broadening our minds on the Nameless Debates Discord via the link below, and even feature here yourself, if you've got what it takes. For a life is prequel. So it's it's mm-hmm. hard, like in any in any situation like that, it's hard to be, you know, the person explaining to someone that like most of the time vaccines are safe. It just happened to kill your kid. Like um, that's always a thing. Yeah, I mean, there's not, there's not even like strong evidence that it is the vaccine directly that kills. Uh, you, you can have. I think it is. It doesn't matter. Mm. It doesn't matter, but you can you can have kids that are just allergic to a component of the vaccine. So oh, it's not of course. That were killed by mercury. Or something mm-hmm. like this. It's just they're allergic. The allergy was fatal, so you end up having to explain to the parent. It, most of the time, this thing works. Most of the time, it saves mm-hmm. lives. Statistically, it's a great thing. But it did kill your kid. For sure, yeah. For sure. It's like, um, so, um, maybe not like with, the, with regards to the death penalty, mm-hmm. um, my main question is this. Um, so, when we're dealing with like uh, severe crimes, but not crimes for which you are like undoubtedly guilty, right? So, let's say like, um, I don't know, like you commit a severe crime and you think you'll probably be caught for it, but um, like they don't necessarily have, like it's not like they've got you for sure, you know what I mean? Like you'd still have to have a trial and all of that. Um, <clears throat> and it would probably be like something lengthy because they don't have like solid evidence, but they mm-hmm. could probably convict you. The question I'm asking is, um, is the death penalty a good uh what's the word something that scares you into behaving properly i can't remember what the word is punitive is it a good punitive uh no because yeah deterrent is what i'm looking for yeah so is the death penalty a good deterrent for crime I, I think that one just goes down to what human nature is, and I'm not actually sure about the answer. If you were like, if everyone were rational, right, and atheistic, then at the point of death, you cease to be. There's no possible gain afterwards, right? Mm-hmm. But, um, and so death should be like the ultimate bad outcome. But you think so? That's not always the case. And you get all kinds of weird effects, right? You get. You have optimistic nihilism. Optimistic nihilism. Wonderful. Yeah, for um, sure. But... Hey, man, we've got libertarian fascism and anarcho communism. We can have anything. <laughs> Fucking identity politics. That's just. Take your personal bullshit out of here. Guys, trust me. Anarcho fascism. Best, best ideology. Uh, but, yeah, I'm not actually. Yeah, that one's a hard one to answer. It just depends on what human nature is. That's like a whole. That's, I guess that's just a discussion on what it is that people. <laughs> How it is that we make the decisions that we do, and I don't think mm-hmm. economics, um, economics, eh, economics has really sorted that one out. Um, can you can you tell someone what they ought what they ought to do? Can I tell someone what they ought to do? What they ought um, to do. So can I say something prescriptive? Yeah, I, I totally can. Really compel them though is a different thing. So like I could well, tell but, someone like. Uh, would you be Would you be like? 
um, at what point would you hold the stance that um, fuck I forgot wait uh, it's all good. good job Terrence fuck dude I wrecked it wait nah whatever <laughs> dude um, so fucking... yeah the main the main reason I asked you that is that like that's one that I've heard a few times in the past is like um, well like well, so first of all, I personally do make the assumption that all people are fundamentally rational actors and that the only right. reason that people, uh, let's say, misbehave is because they're confused about how they should act. Um, yeah. And so, like, a lot of people have made the argument to me, well, obviously the death penalty is the ultimate deterrent, but I find that to be, like, utterly unconvincing because the way I see it is this. If you should commit a crime for which the penalty is death, then... Man, if you're fucked anyway, you might as well fuck shit up. You are going to do everything yep. that you ever wanted to do. And it doesn't matter how many things are like condoned, sorry, are condemned with death. You know what I mean? Like you can't, <laughs> can't die twice. You're fucked. Yeah, no, you're right. Though I'm not sure that really differs to life imprisonment. Mm-hmm. In fact, I, I get the impression that people actually treat life imprisonment pretty much the same way. You know, for if you're sure. going to go to jail for life, Max will just fuck shit up anyway. Oh, yeah. And um, in fact, like, inside prison, people who are have life sentences often commit um, significantly more crime that earns them many more life sentences because they're already there for life. Yeah, it, there's nothing more that you could punish them. They're already there for life. It's, what are you going to yeah. do? Um, you, you know, you can give them another life sentence, which is great, but... uh. Stack those life that. sentences on. Redundancy. Yeah, bro. You <laughs> got 400 lessons. Make, <laughs> make him live that long. Make him live yeah, that dude. long. Right? That'd be brutal. Uh, yeah, dude. Yeah. I've seen a cool argument. Well, not cool. Like It's just an interesting. There's like a whole different perspective of this. I've heard from people that like just executing them is just too easy on the criminal. I uh, don't really like, understand you know, that. You think the torture is the way? Like your style. Well, the I- yeah, the idea is that you make him live out the rest of their life and then die due to natural causes. No, what and about have them know that they could have been part of society for that entire period of time? So I mean, yeah, they'll but, get everything else, but they just won't I mean, be a part like, of society. I don't really think that like that's going to be a particularly strong deterrent in the end, though, because like, True. you know, ultimately. Um, um, when you're saying like you're gonna force someone to live out the rest of their life and die of natural causes, but they're not gonna be involved in society, right? What you're mm-hmm. saying is that like you, you're just like condemning them to like the life that they would have it. lived anyway. Except you're saying, "Well, fuck off. We don't want you around us." You're just stripping privacy. Stripping privacy. Privacy? How so? Because they don't like you, don't get to go where you want. It's not privacy, dude. Uh, oh, that's more like maybe you mean the definition. Yeah, of course. Maybe you mean autonomy. Yeah, that's a bit better. I get what you're saying. Yeah, sure. They lose that. No, like the freedom of choosing. Yeah, that's called autonomy. Your destiny. That's called autonomy. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, 
determinist or not determinist in this room? I'm a determinist. Right. So in a deterministic setup, you no one chooses their destiny. Well, in some sense, that's true. But in some sense, everybody chooses their destiny. True. But uh, time is linear for us. Like in the non-linear general. Time is linear for us in our perception. When you say linear, you mean like what causes? He means like um. Oh no! No. Who the fuck said that? I did. Do you know the time cube? Yes. Who the fuck said that? Wait. Wait, I can't hear yeah. you. Uh, sorry. Uh, yeah, I'm Hoobus. looking at Discord now. Hoobus. Who is it's Hoovis. It's Hoovis. Oh shit, dude. Yeah, the fucking time cube, dude. Do Someone you know about the flesh portals? Dude, do you know about the flesh portals? I have not heard that one. Oh, dude. Okay. You'll like that one, I guess. It's pretty deep. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to derail. That's no, okay. Good sorry about that. <clears throat> oh, good man. The fucking time cube, the insync. If you haven't, are if you're not aware, be aware. <laughs> Thanks for the. Uh, what would you say? Oh, it's pretty fucked up. I don't even know. My words aren't good tonight. I assume Terence is derailing again. Yeah, oh, no, doesn't oh, he no. why is he that's, his, that's his only job. Fuck Shame you, Julian. Actually, he's listening to hear you on midnight. Uh, go edit over something. Um, okay. okay, we were talking about determinism just now. Um, tip of the hat to it. I'm just saying, like, um, so someone asked the question of uh, freedom to choose one's fate or destiny. That one's a that's its own big discussion. Potentially something none of us have. Mm-hmm. Uh, or potentially something all of us have. Regardless of whether we're in jail or not. Uh, it's it's an interesting one, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. Your autonomy is more restricted in prison, but it's never fully removed. Right, if you For wish. sure, yeah. Yeah. In fact, a lot of modern prisons actually expand your options today. Like you're not just thrown in a dungeon and do nothing. Um, some places you get to study, uh, study, write, that kind of stuff. Yeah, man. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's gotten to the point where like I've seen the case, or like it was like a me, it was like a meme argument, but it's a fascinating thing to just consider on its own. But it's like you know, if you're in America, commit a crime and you'll actually get better welfare in jail. But <laughs> <like>, hey, <laughs> um, guaranteed shelter. And food. That's the ticket, man. Uh, if you if you're a what? homeless person, that's like fucking gold. Can can you show me a correlation of that? That that's actually happening. No, uh, I can't. No, I did say it was a meme argument. I don't know exactly how sensible that is. But hey, if if there's a study for that, we know that poverty correlates with crime. So we know that there's uh, a an association. We don't know which mm-hmm. one it runs. We don't know if they're even connected. But hey, fun, fun to ponder. Um, oh, so that leads me to yeah. Question: Do <laughs> you think uh, that truth exists? Ah, uh, yeah. oh damn it, that one's tough. I find that question really question. hard. Hmm? It's a loaded question. Ah, oh, shut the fuck up, Terence. You're a loaded question. <laughs> 
Define your truth. mom like a question last night. Insane. No, define right. truth. Divine but, truth. Um, no, I'm asking him to define truth, you dickhead. Fuck. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm generally a skeptic on this. Not not a nihilist. I can't really. I won't really say that truth doesn't exist. I'm not sure how mm-hmm. to say that, but it's pronounced nihilist. Oh, oh fuck it! it no, no, he's memeing because he doesn't know how to pronounce yeah. it. Okay, fine, fine. I don't really care, but I'm 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 going to be skeptical about. It. I'm not entirely sure how well it is that we can go around as human beings with um all our faults. But us being fallible, it's really hard for us to tag things. It's true. Of course. Particularly, but if you I take think. The, um, mm-hmm. Particularly, if you take the uh, the justified true belief type definition. That one's particularly unwieldy. We we can decide we can determine something's a belief easy, and uh, we can determine something's justified easy, but knowing what it is true, is hard. Yeah, I don't really even understand the justified true belief yeah. definition of truth because how can you right. use the word true in in the, like how can that be one of the conditions of it? You know what I mean? Isn't yeah, that? It's... Then you're like yeah. taking justified and belief out of the equation and you're saying, I have failed to define my word. Yeah, I don't. So, I mean, if you use it that way, then it's pretty awful. But you can define it differently. And there's a whole set of, there's a whole bunch of works in epistemology that are what we call deflationary. Um, they try to take the word truth and they deflate it. They make it less crazy or more <laughs> mundane. And because there is no. It's well, there is no it. absolute truth. There is no truth because you can't really prove anything that ever happens. So you're gonna to have to be pragmatic about it. That's the okay. But I assume that what you're saying is that you don't think there is such a thing as truth. I don't think there can be. And if the, if yeah, it, no, 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 no. I realize that would but... be a universal constant. Look, the issue is that if you're gonna make a claim like that, you have to put the words "I think" first. So wait, are you absolutely certain that there is nothing we're absolutely certain of? I mean, I, I don't I don't think I know I'm not certain of everything. Oh, oh so you're yeah. certain. So you're certain yeah. that you're not certain of everything. Yeah. Yeah, that's a contradiction. Uh, I know. Yeah, so that doesn't it's not valid. Like according to the law, law of non contradiction, that is an invalid proposition. Contradictions do not exist in reality, my friend. Oh. But is our thoughts real? Terrence. Are our thoughts... Terrence, don't make me fucking come over there. Terrence, you're not real, so be quiet. So our, uh... our thoughts aren't real, as they Dude, I will okay. rape you. I wouldn't call this a debate, because Terrence is allowed to speak. I reckon. Oh um, okay, God, so we're talking about truth. Right? Okay, so personally, pragmatist. So, I, so I... you pragmatic theory of truth. Yes, pragmatically. Oh, that's incorrect. Which is an escape. That's a incorrect. Escape. Incorrect. Oh, what do you elaborate on that one? Aren't you being absolute? No, saying it's incorrect. I'm not being absolute. I'm saying it's my determination that it's incorrect. Okay, what do you use out of curiosity? Um, I use a definition of truth, which is as follows: truth is that which is as it is, independently of subjective perception, evaluation, or observation. Which you can never find, because you don't know 
Uh, but that's irrelevant. The point is, I can infer that such a thing exists. What about intersubjective? Obviously. Yeah, I'm, I'm talking about something more than intersubjective. Something, are you inferring that something that isn't subjective exists from subjective experience? Yes. Yeah. Uh, isn't that a no-no? Nope. That's interesting. I, I do not know. Well, I personally don't understand how it is that anyone could derive objectivity from subjectivity. It feels it's, like it's actually pretty simple. It's like okay, sounds a so, bit like you're putting the cart before the horse, doesn't it? I don't. I mean, that's a funny criticism to make, really, because it's the exact opposite of that. Like you are putting the cart before the horse, because you're saying like subjective perception is the metric by which we measure these things. But I'm saying like, in order for subjective perception to exist, subjectivity has to be true, right? Subjectivity has to be true. What do you mean? A subjectivity means it has to exist for you as a person. No, 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 no. Subjectivity has to exist. Yes, I mean, yeah. Are there things so, that are subjective? Yes, but it no, doesn't no, no. Exist. But what I'm saying is, like, if there are things that are subjective, then subjectivity as a phenomena exists. Well, all you'd really be saying is that what you're. What I feel like what you'd only be doing is this: there are things that are subjective, and then all you're going to do is just restate that again no but the, so there's, there an are things that are there's an inference i'm saying because there are things that are subjective if yes. that is the case then subjectivity has to be objectively true because if it is not then there are not things that are subjective so like like i think that all you'd be really doing here though is like there are things that i consider subjective therefore there is this prop property of subjectivity Sure. No, no, but no, no. It'd be no, like no. a definitional. I'm saying, be... I'm saying that for there to be a property of subjectivity, subjectivity has to be. Yeah. I yeah. Feel like so that's and the then and so what I'm saying is, are... I'm saying subjectivity has to be in the objective sense. It can't be the case that subjectivity exists in the subjective sense because unless subjectivity is actually real, then subjectivity doesn't exist in any sense. You can't say okay, subjectivity so, exists in the sense of subjective truth because that is a consequence of the thing that we're considering. Right. So what I think you'd be doing here, right, is that you'd be saying, you know, um, I perceive red apples, therefore redness exists. Something like that, yeah. Redness is kind of already there in you perceiving that there are red apples. So like, No, it's, it's more general than that, though. I'm saying like... Um, I perceive, therefore perception exists, and if perception exists, it cannot be the case that perception is only a perception, because then, if perception is only a perception, perception is not objectively real, and if perception is not objectively real, it can't exist within perception, because that's not there. Mm. Like, if you say... Perception is not objectively real. You cannot say something exists within perception. But doesn't your first line already tell you that perception exists? So no, like, but I'm saying really... there's something there's something more to it, right? Because we're trying to differentiate what it means to say something exists. So most of the time, when you and I say something exists, we mean that it exists within perception, right? 
No. I, I, well, I mean, that's what I would say. I mean, I'd that's how we're exists. apprehending it. I, I would say that it exists outside of perception. Oh, so then so, you're saying there's something that's objectively true. Well, not necessarily. I just I say so that then, like, when we say that something exists, right? Like, say, that tree exists. It doesn't just exist because you perceive it. No, of course. It but that's what I'm getting at. If, if, it's, if something exists outside of perception, then mm-hmm. is how is that not something that's objectively true? Like, isn't existing outside perception equivalent to the definition of objective truth that I just provided before? I mean, it's... So there's a, I think there's a difference between... Science true is... Well, has a true value of true. But science objective exists independently of perception, but they're not necessarily equivalent. So yeah, they are. if I say... True, true. True in the ontological sense means exists. Ah, right. Yeah, that's. I was wondering about that. Yeah, this is very similar to the ontological proof of God, but mm-hmm. I don't really believe that properties kind of. But I'm not saying God. I wouldn't say God. Yeah, I wouldn't be so brash uh, as to use the word God. I'm saying like, if hmm. we say that perception exists, then. So, so if we say that things that we perceive exist, right, that there are things within perception that we can perceive, right, we can make an inference about them and say that they actually exist outside of our perception. And if they exist outside of our perception, then that is what we call objectively true. The, the way they are outside of our perception, completely independent of our perception of them, that's what's true. Yes, although we have no access to what's outside of our perception. Of course, but we just made an inference. We don't have to access it directly. We can make an inference and conclude that even if we cannot directly access objective truth ever, we can infer with confidence that there is such a thing. Hoovis, are you there? Hoovis. Hmm. I don't feel convinced, but it is an interesting idea. Uh, mm-hmm. I would love to know what exactly you find unconvincing. Oh, maybe it's just I approach it differently. So I say that, I say that like what, and I try and make this kind of very, hopefully this is accessible. Mm-hmm. What we have first is our experiences. That's the yes. first kind of substance of it all. Yes. It's just our experience. What we do next is just infer what causes that experience. But all we're ever doing is inferring. It's conjecture, hypothesis guesswork right mm, close because of, because it's always conjecture hypothesis guesswork none of that ever attains the value of truth it just becomes more or less likely if you wish of course it never actually becomes true it just of course. becomes more or less likely but i but i don't yeah. think that i said that we could apprehend objective truth i said that mm. we can indirectly apprehend objective truth by saying that it is a it, like it is a uh, justified inference. Justified inference. Yeah. Oh sure, yeah. By all means, when we were discussing what it means for something to be true, I think that we can figure out what is justified and what is a belief. No, no, no. But I'm saying that in that kind of definition is what kind of screws with me because no, I no. But here's what I'm saying: have access to that. The, the inference that I'm saying is justified is the inference that there is something that is objectively true. Even if we cannot ever know it, there is such a thing. 
that's why things exist. Right? Like there is something that's true at the basis of the existence of things that causes them to be here. And that thing, whatever it is, is objectively true. And even though we cannot ever know it, we can infer that it's there. Right. There is something that is true. I feel like there's something wrong with the sentence though. Uh-huh. So if you say there is something that is true, right? Yes. Then I think that sentence itself by just it's just the way we use language, right? Um that sentence itself can only be true or false. Right? Yes. We we only expect it to only be true or of false. Of course. If it is false, then there is nothing that is true. Yes. But that statement would then be true, right? Because yes. that statement is true, then it's not possible for that initial sentence to actually be false. Meaning that the That's moment my is point. asserted is by default true. That's the point that I'm linguistically, making. Linguistically speaking, we don't have a construction that no, but is he, valid. But I, it, I'm like, saying that it's more than that. I'm saying... I'm saying it's more than that. It's more than the fact that our language is limited. I'm saying it's not a limitation of language. It's a limitation of like objects. You you cannot have an object that says that there is nothing that is true because the object would not exist in order to say that thing. Right? Like it's not a limitation of language. It's a limitation of what it means to exist. An existent thing cannot deny that existence is true can't be done yeah. so yeah so no i'm i see no i think it's a limitation of language so all of um i see logic as um logic is formalized language but language is what's first mm. language is how we describe the world around us yeah but mm, i don't accept the by, logic by default, formalized language Logic is sometimes described as a formal language. No, no logic logic example. is a formal language, but logic yeah. is not the formalization of language. What do you think inspires logic? Logic is derived from the consistencies that we can observe in the world. Ah. Yeah, I mean, that's one possibility. Though, I don't think we observe enough to where, like... We can't, I don't think we can verify things like the law of non-contradiction. Of course, but we don't have to verify them. We yeah, just no, say that they, they have never been disproven and that they seem like they will never be disproven. Ooh, uh, yeah, so I would disagree with that. I, I think that they're actually kind of different. So, I mean, they're not like the laws, like say the law of gravity is true because we have this kind of, well, among other things, we're able to verify it, right? Well, we're able, able to demonstrate it. it. So let's be clear about that. Hmm? Because verify means something very specific. We cannot verify the the okay, uh, like right. mechanics of gravity. We can we can demonstrate it. Um, mm-hmm. It's testable. It's mm-hmm. testable, and we can see the results of those tests. So yep, on. specifically, it's repeatable. Yeah, sure. Yeah, uh, reliable. Mm-hmm. That's yep. another way of looking at it. Um, but the LNC is not quite like that. The LNC is something we can actually know a a priori. We don't really need experience. Um, and I would say that's because it is a it's something that's asserted at the very level of language. So at the at the level of language alone, no matter what language you ever use, every component of that language will be itself. Every reference yes. we use in our language has to be itself. Like 
yeah. if I use the word reference Apple, it has to be referring to at least itself and then perhaps to an object in the real world, but at least itself. So if I say courage, courage doesn't need to point to any real world object. It's an abstract. Oh, I don't accept it that. Points, it points to itself. It doesn't have to point to a real world object. I, I don't accept that. I think that at like, least. Hmm? Like, I definitely think that, that, like, first of all, the law of identity is something that we observe in the environment. Like, when we say, for instance, that, like, day to day, things don't, uh, don't become not themselves unless they transform through mechanics, right? What we're saying is that things are just themselves and not something else, which is the law of identity. And you can like, you can that. look at the world and see that. Ooh, I would say quite the opposite. I, I think the law of identity is something that doesn't hold up well outside of our language, right? So you aren't really you. You're so what happens with you, right? Is there's an insync, what we can call an insync prime. Then there'll be a derivative of that, right? That's what you are. Although in the next moment, you're a derivative of what you were before. You're um, never actually the same thing. Right? It feels like we're equivocating, though. Feels not, like we're not equivocating. Not equivocating. There, Identity, there's right? There's no object. No, no. There's you no started, object. You started. self So like. The real world. No, but you started to like talk about identity as in my identity. Now, my identity as in mm -hmm. InSync is completely different from the identity of an object, as, again, in the ontological sense, right? The law mm -hmm. of identity refers to the identity of the object, not to my subjective identification of who I think no, no, I am. No, no, no. I'm talking about you as a physical object. No, but I'm saying like me as a right? physical object has nothing to do with InSync, right? Like no, no, no. I as, am as an example. a human. I'm a human, yep. and there is no human prime. I am a human every single day that I bear the DNA of humanity. Oh, okay. So the word human, there's different parts of language, and they're all fascinating, right? Humans, mm -hmm. that, that word is a category, like chairs, right? Yes. They have a family resemblance to each other. Of course. And, this is, and because if you have a family resemblance type thing happening, it's quite tolerant of change. It doesn't um, actually need, it doesn't need something to be identical. You don't need no, identity. No, 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 no. Uh, like we're not talking about to... something. We're not talking about something being identical, though. We're saying that it's always fitting the category which defines it, right? So we define humans not by the fact that we have no change at all. We define humans by the fact that we all share a specific pattern of DNA, and within that pattern, we have individual differences, but a human is a human insofar as they share human DNA, and it's got nothing to do with the representative label of human that we've put on it. That is subjective identity. The objective yeah. identity is in the DNA of humans with which we all partake, right? Like all of us have the DNA of human beings. That is that has continuity that identity of Damn. us as humans doesn't change and it cannot change aren't all identities subjective no wait. Uh, no that's Human... what i'm saying is there's a difference between subjective identity and the uh, identity of an object like a right. square is a square and it's but not it because we're square because we put that name on it. No, no, no. But that's yeah. what I'm saying is it's not because we're calling it a square that it is a square. Square is a label that refers to a set of ideas. Now, those ideas are always those ideas, regardless of the label that you attach. So like a, a quadrilateral with four equal sides 
that is always a quadrilateral with four equal sides. It doesn't matter what labels you use to refer to it. No, but the label contains the definition. No, right? no, no I don't accept that. is, in fact, a figure with four sides. I mean, that's how it's defined. No, 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 no but the point is that we describe the world through the definition. We don't, mm -hmm. like, create the definition. We are deriving useful definitions to apply to the world and we then say that the word corresponds to the definition because we want to refer to something that we want to talk about and the reason we want to talk about it is because we think that it exists like it's we not because words, we have words that point to non-existent objects like what santa uh, no, that's not non-existent. That's imaginary. It exists in the imagination. It exists in the... Oh. Leprechauns exist in the imagination. Then. Correct. Oh. Well, that's... Okay, that's different. Fine, yeah. If existence expands into... If you say everything imagined... Of imagine course. Every, everything that has a manifestation in any sense is called existent. Yep. Yep, so I'm saying like... All words are used to refer to parts of, like, the experiential phenomenological experience. Yeah, no, I can agree with that. Yeah, so then the words that we're using, the symbols that we're using to refer to these parts, do not define the parts, but rather we, like, arbitrarily assign symbols to refer to things that are already there. And insofar as those things are already there, they have an identity which we're not imposing upon them. So the imaginary objects are already there before they are imagined? They're, no, no, no. The imaginary objects are already there as in they exist as a potential mental object. And, like, your brain is, like, equipped to, like, uh, conjecture them. And so, like, in the wiring of your brain is your ability to conceive of this thing, right? Because it's a pattern that, that matches your neurology. And when you conceive of it, you didn't create it. You discovered it. Right. So if I... So if two people imagine independently the same thing, opposite mm -hmm. ends of the earth, imagine the same mm -hmm. thing, they actually discover the same entity. Close. They conceptualize the same entity, which exists as an object in imagination. Yes. Like they you could call, like, I think the difference is that discovery is more like the first time something is found. Right, right. So, you know, we have Leibniz and Newton, and let's pretend that they don't talk to each other very much. Mm -hmm. And they both imagine calculus. Mm -hmm. Are they discovering the same thing? Or yes. are they doing something different? No, they're discovering the same thing. That's why, like, if you and mm -hmm. I were to discover calculus again today, it would have the same rules. Do you think that all like, forms of calculus have the same rules? No, I think all mathematics fundamentally has the same rules as all other forms of mathematics. I think he's saying that like, if society collapsed and we lost all knowledge of the past, if you guys had to rediscover and like rebuild calculus from scratch, it would behave the same as it does today. Yeah, and it would, it would like we would quote-unquote construct it in exactly the same manner because either it is constructed in the way that we have now or it doesn't work. Provided that 
provided there is in fact a consistent reality between then and now yes so you know given that assumption yeah sure i mean i think that we'll like implicitly make that assumption the continuity of reality is a fairly intuitive it's um, not just continuity continuity is like say something you have for yourself right it's just no no it is i said continuity of reality it is just that it's far more than continuity of reality it's not not how it's not just continuity it's the idea that the rules of this reality stay unchanged are are continuous far more wait a minute that's that is just continuity no, no, your your identity. So this is where we can talk about you as a human being, right? Human identity is continue. Um, uh, what we call mm. it has continue. It has self continuity, right? It has so a type same, of continuity. You identify as the same person for a long period. Of time. No, 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 no. So like but you're talking about. Changing. No, no, no. You're talking about the continuity of identity, and what that refers yes. to is the perception of the unchanging you. Even if it's not unchanging, what we mean when we say continuity in the sense of your identity is that you wake up each day, and although you're different, you seem to you as if you are the same thing, even though you have differences. That's what we mean. What I'm saying is the continuity of reality is exactly that. It's the continuity of the structure of reality. Even if the phenomena were to look vastly different to now, as long as the rules were the same, all we would be talking about is the continuity of reality. You I don't think you I don't think I'd pick the word continuity. Maybe I'm just nitpicking. Okay, so continuity means continuity the unbroken be... the unbroken and consistent existence or operation of something over time. Consistent existence or operation of something else yeah sure synonyms are flow and progression i don't think the laws of reality if they if such things exist progress i don't think they flow no 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 calculus is a fixture right where did where did i say flow where did i say flow i'm you're using the definition like i know the definition you're using right synonyms here are uh no but synonyms what what does synonym mean Synonym. Words that are similar and give you and are related. Oh, there we go. Yes. Dynamic, so it's similar. Right? It's not. It's not equivalent, though, right? Are useful for understanding something. So no, you can't. Unbroken, the unbroken existence of reality, for example, if you want to critique the original definition, the unbroken. That's word by word. Unbroken doesn't tell you that it's going to be the same. Consistent yes, it does. That's what unbroken means. Same. No, no. Con- unbroken means it's continuous. Like if there's a change. Okay, if there is a change, that is a break in the pattern. Like by no, definition. Not no. So the um, so, sense of continuity here. Uh, maybe I'm just gonna I'm I'm gonna lean on the mathematical sense. Continuity is when you can sketch a graph and not lift your pencil off the paper. But this doesn't mean that that graph, the functions dictating it, aren't changing, right? You can even have a multi-part defined function, and as long as your pen pencil is lifted off the paper, it's considered continuous. So, no, such, but you're not under word yeah look as well it right? seems because it, it's not broken it seems like such. you're including um like the superficial change which can be exhibited by a continuous continuous well, thing mean to say as no, no no like there's a difference between change in a fundamental sense and change in a superficial sense right if the if the thing fundamentally is continuous it can have superficial change without breaking the continuity but if the rules change then there is a break in the continuity there has to be that's what the rules changing mean if the graph if the rules of the graph changed halfway through you would have to lift your pencil 
Yeah. So I'm saying that instead of the word continuity, perhaps you mean that there is in fact a um, something about something about the world we live in that is permanent. Change no, is not even a consideration here. It's no, permanent, right? I absolutely no? mean continuity. I don't mean permanence because I Why mean the thing mean that's permanence? permanent. I think I mean the thing that's permanent stays the same. It's consistent. Mm -mm. So permanence is going to be slightly different to continuous. I know. Right? I know. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying I don't just mean permanent. You don't just wait. Just mean? I'll say permanent. Yes. So permanent. Okay. Quality. So if the rules, if reality. If I mean the permanence of reality, I mean the fact that reality stays there. That's what permanence means. It has nothing okay. to do with staying well, I the mean same. That the laws of nature are themselves permanent. No, but not that's that we not have what them today. That Wait. isn't what permanent means. Uh, permanent means it does not become absent. That's what permanent means. No, it means lasting or intended to last or remain unchanged indefinitely so what i'm trying to give to you is the wait, idea you that wait, we don't unchanged. necessarily have yeah unchanged indefinitely it doesn't change it's a continuity is not even relevant and something no 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 change. change no no the way that change is being construed in that sentence is in the present absence sense right change is in it stays present it doesn't change as in from presence no this is not presence at all so permanent like, for example Something mm -hmm. that is a permanent fixture of an environment. What does that mean? I'm using the actual definition, just as you did earlier. No, but I'm just asking you in this context. Or remain unchanged indefinitely. I'm looking at the all remain unchanged. Yes, look, I understand that. But I'm saying, like, it seems to me that you're misconstruing the last part of that definition. So let's consider how it's used in instantiation, right? So when you have a permanent fixture of an environment, what do you mean? The laws of nature are such a thing. To me. No, no, no. I'm just don't try to relate it to a different thing. I'm saying like, let's think of like a video game environment. Okay. If I have a permanent fixture in a video game environment, what am I saying about the thing? You're saying the programming language of the game cannot change. Yeah. That's no, that's true. not what I'm saying. No, permanent. I'm saying a permanent fixture. You are picking a specific example. I'm saying, uh, for instance, maybe my mini map is the permanent fixture. Cannot be changed. Dude, no, I'm saying. My, my minimap is the permanent fixture, right? If my minimap, stop, listen, if my minimap is a permanent fixture, is it the case that my minimap can't change its formatting? No, it's not the case. It is the case that my minimap cannot become okay. absent. So when I say the laws of nature are permanent, I'm not saying that the existence of the laws of nature are permanent and their content changes. I'm saying that their content is permanent. Then what right? you mean is continuous. No, not continuous. They don't change. change That's what continuous means. No, no. Continuity itself is irrelevant. They're actually a permanent fixture. You can even consider them as a single no. singular thing that isn't continuous. It doesn't need to even have Okay, what's the opposite of permanent? Right, okay. Here's the thing. Now, what's the I opposite of permanent? The opposite of permanent, impermanent. Yes, which is temporary, correct? Yes. What's temporary mean? Changes. No, temporary means that sometimes it is and sometimes it is not. Which is a change. No, it's not a change. It's a very specific change. It's not change Should in be. general. It's not right. change in general. Okay? Impermanence 
means sometimes it is the case and sometimes it is not the case. It does not mean that it is the case, okay. but it's changing. This might make it a little bit easier for, I, th I think maybe I've just chosen the wrong words or something. Uh, time does not pass to the laws of nature. Yeah. Time doesn't pass. But continuity is irrelevant. I accept that. No, but that something is what that doesn't, for which time does not exist doesn't have continuity in time. I mean, right? I don't accept that. I'm saying the exact thing that you're saying, that time does not exist for the laws of nature, that is what we call the continuity of the laws of nature. The idea that they do not how, change. How can something be? Why would we describe something that is timeless as continuous? It doesn't because have because time because within the because the, we live in the time in the timeline it is continuous. If the laws of nature exist in a sense that is not subject to time, then for every moment in time the laws are continuous. It's simply timeless. Like yes, that's the same thing. Word, but it's timeless. I mean, like you can say that there's a difference between atemporal and continuity, right? Atemporal is an assertion about the ontological state of the thing. I'm saying, like, from the phenomenological perspective of subjectivity, what we can absolutely say about the laws of nature is that they appear continuous. That is, day to day, they um, do not change. You can absolutely say that they appear to be a way. Of course. But that's what I am no, saying. I'm saying say you, the only are, thing, I mean, just... the only thing you can say is that they appear to be uh, timeless, right? Yeah. Yeah, so but I'm saying the same thing, except yeah. I'm making a weaker claim. You're saying they appear to be timeless. Now, timeless, that's outside of your scope, right? That's a bold claim. You couldn't know so, that. Now, I happen so to agree. No, but I happen to agree, but my claim is weaker. I'm saying something that can be apprehended from within right you can't apprehend the timelessness directly you cannot because no. you are bound by time you can That's apprehend not. the continuity directly right so there's a, my my claim is weaker your claim isn't hugely different right so the I reason mean, i say the reason i say the nature are atemporal right is what i'm doing is i'm not inducing i'm not deducing either i'm abducing right Abducing is when you see. No, I a agree. No, but the thing is, I agree. I agree. But I'm saying, right, abductive explanations. I love them. They're really awesome, right? But the thing is, an abductive explanation is something mm -hmm. that, like, is is less reliable than an inductive explanation. But that's what a does fact. it mean to even say that an inductive argument is reliable? It means that, like, it, huh? Like abductive arguments cannot be evaluated against the environment inductive can. arguments can no so i can evaluate an abductive argument so here's an example we have the law of gravity what what we do here right is that we observe we form of a theorem the theorem has consequences we check for the consequences of that theorem right if the consequences more or less line up no. we say, when you when you check for the bad. no stop when you check for the consequences of a general rule you're checking induction you're not checking abduction know. at that so, stage you're not able abduction, to verify nor falsify abduction, the original dude, thing. Abduction is the way you conjecture the theory, yes. right? If you say the theory is true and then mm -hmm. test it, you're treating it as a general rule. A general rule is called an inference. By the time you're testing it, you're testing inference. You're actually just testing your abduction. No, you're testing induction, I'm telling you. 
You're not testing an inductive. You statement. are. You're testing the general rule and whether or not it applies. Right. So a general rule can come in two varieties. An no, but no, 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 no. A general rule is by definition inductive. You can no, arrive at a general that. rule. You can arrive right. at a general rule through an abductive argument. But as soon as you have a general rule and you say that the general rule is representative of the world, that is an inductive claim. No, abductions are an entirely different species of Okay, reason. can you it's please not... get me the definitions? Show me that you're right, because I, I just, I know you're not, right? Abductive explanations cannot be tested. Yeah, give me a second. It is a form of inference, true, but not induction, right? It's sometimes mm -hmm. called retroduction, if you wish. But it's mm -hmm. a form of logical inference, which starts with an observation or set of observation, that seeks to find the simplest and most likely explanation for the observation. Yep. This process, unlike deductive reasoning, uh, yields a plausible conclusion, but does not positively verify. Right? Yep. Um, as a result, they're qualified as having a remnant of uncertainty or doubt, which is why we describe it as best available, most likely. Right. Some people mm -hmm. call inference to the best explanation, whereas induction is not inference to the best explanation you mistaken that induction is inference to the most likely pattern right the best explanation is not the most likely pattern they may seem very what? similar they're not quite the same so um can you explain what the difference is sure um say i throw a whole bunch of rocks right an inference can be very specific or an inference by its own nature cannot extend beyond the observed data, right? So if I'm gonna, if I wanna make a theory of gravity, I can't actually ever infer it. The problem being that all I can do is infer rules per object. So I have a rule of rocks, rule of feathers, rule of cannon shot, rule of people, baseball, so on. Because all I can ever do is infer for that. The, the, the rule I can no, draw you... is gonna be a rule of rocks. It won't um, be no. a general theorem. No, no, you can, you can you infer objects mm -mm. no oh, you can infer from the set of all physical objects you don't have to you categorize it just to rocks yes objects. you can you're not a god no you're not making Since, an okay, inference when, when have Look, you seen you're an not... abstract entity called all physical oh, objects dude come on you stop you, you're not you're not making an inference about the specific physical objects you're making an inference about physical mechanics right physical that, mechanics that's, that's abduction that's a difference. No, right? no, you, no. Look, look here. Look, I'll tell you how it's not abduction. All right. If I have a lot of data, all of the data reflects the way that physical objects move and interact in the world. Right. I look at all the data and I say, okay, looking at the data, this rule would would satisfy all the data. I'm not doing anything outside of looking at the data, and I come up with a general rule, and that rule could be gravity. And that is not abductive. Yes. So, so I just showed you that you can make an inference about such a thing. Do you, have you have you encountered abductive reasoning before, or is this? Dude, okay. I I use abductive reasoning for okay. my thesis paper. So, yes, I have encountered abductive reasoning. What logical fallacy it's equivalent to? That induction what, isn't. What logical fallacy it's equivalent to? Yeah. It's not necessarily equivalent to any logical it's fallacy. Formally equivalent to something. I'm looking for a thing. No, why don't you tell me? It's formally equivalent to a firmly consequence where induction isn't, right? 
induction is similar, but it isn't in really the exact same. That's my whole point. Thing, right. So affirming the consequence that... of what we do in science, we kind of need to, right? We need post hoc no. ergo propter hoc, right? Look, because, wait, 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 wait. Like what you just said there was that abductive mm -hmm. reasoning is equivalent structurally mm -hmm. to a fallacy mm -hmm. and that was formal the argument comment. that i was making that's what structurally means a formal fallacy is a yeah, structurally flawed argument okay so mm -hmm. the point is initially i pointed out that the claim you were making was uh stronger than mine mine was a weaker claim and the reason that mine is more justifiable is exactly the thing you just identified which is that your claim structurally coheres to a fallacy thus is more likely to be false than right. my claim which is inductive so i contend that more or less likely is kind of not a sense of approach even to okay, inductive so, reasoning right so well, you can induce I mean, but it doesn't make your ex it doesn't actually make the expression more or less likely it doesn't let me put it right? to you this way do you know what the principle of parsimony is i've forgotten it can you explain? Okay, so the, the principle of parsimony is called, uh, in other terms, Occam's razor. It's the idea that, in general, simpler explanations are better than complicated ones, right? So when you have an abductive explanation, all right, the reason that an inductive explanation is superior in terms of, like, being less likely to be false is that an abductive explanation requires you to make more unjustified assumptions. Of course it does. Yes, so, so that, no, no, stop. According to the principle of parsimony, any theory or explanation which requires you to make more unjustified assumptions is technically inferior to an equivalent explanation that requires you to make less. Yes. And in that yeah, sense, so there. modern science is technically inferior, right? We, in, in, uh, as far as you no. want to go with it, right? Modern science infers out a fascinating variety of objects, right? We talk of if you want to go with Einsteinian, we can go and talk about space-time fabric. We can talk about string theorem, right? We can talk about spooky yes. action at distance. The number of things we're inferring here is clear violation. Welcome to Razor, if you wish, right? No, I don't and agree. I don't see how that. Really how is that a violation? Spooky action at distance. That's FTL transmission of information, right? You Dude, that. like. No, no, but the point that I'm making is that, like, independent of any specific application of the fucking, like, models of reasoning, I'm saying that abductive reasoning is, like, yes. inferior to inductive reasoning. Like, inferior technically, according to... No, no, according... Okay, so what they do. Like to... According to the principle of parsimony, okay, abductive reasoning is inferior. According to parsimony then inductive reasoning it's inferior to it like technically it is like because you have to make more unjustified assumptions it is technically inferior to have an abductive explanation than an inductive one now i'm not saying we shouldn't have abductive explanations i'm saying that where possible if we're making two very similar claims and we could just make the inductive one we should Hello. Oh, I, I, yeah, I see what you're saying. I don't think Occam's razor is like that important. So I, I mean, I mind. personally do. Yeah, no, I, I can accept that it is valuable. Um, I don't think it's that important. I, I don't mind if scientists conjecture up string theory. That's fine, uh, as long as it is more efficacious. So the theory that follows is more efficacious. I think that that's, covers all the ground think... we've had in the past, and then proceeds to produce of course. a couple of 
of course new thing that we can go for that's cool yeah but we agree uh, right that like um the reason that science produces efficacious like models is because it uh like improves on the previous ones right um yeah sure yeah, so the like one of the ways that it improves on the previous ones is that it uh, tries to eliminate any potential mistakes. Correct? Um, yeah. Yes, no, that's what the wait. principle of parsimony is. No, the it principle doesn't eliminate of any potential mistakes. It, it tries to eliminate as many. No, no, no. It tries to eliminate as many potential mistakes as possible. Right? Like in a model of science, in a scientific model, right? When you're modeling a phenomena. If you identify a mistake, you get rid of it. And if you identify something where you're making an assumption which you do not have to make, you get rid of that as well because any assumption you do not have to make could be another place that you've made an error. And right. you want to so minimize the number of errors you could we, be making, right? We, we have a name for the theorems that we can create that don't have any mistakes. They're called unfalsifiable. They're actually kind of despised. Yes. I understand that. But what I'm saying, but what I'm saying is that like the methodology so we know, we of science already know so we actually already know that we don't actually look for the theorems that eliminate mistakes no it's but here's what really i'm saying priority here. here's what i'm saying is that the methodology of science is only effective insofar as it eliminates mistakes via falsification right like that's how we progress is that we eliminate mistakes, mistakes. It does. Of course it does. We, we falsify you, our model you, and renovate it. So, no, no, you, that's kind of what happens, but not exactly what I'd say is happening. I think what happens is that we form a new model of reality, right? We attempt to model it. Right? But why do um, we form model a new can one? Be, why? Why are we forming a new one? Why? Well, if you wish, um, we can maybe like a Quinean kind of errors build up. Um, oh, so we do have that, errors then. No, no, just mismatches, right? Things are unexplained. But that's what an error is. Theory. That is an error. Anything that isn't accounted for by the model constitutes an error. Yeah, maybe. I mean, anyway, insofar the as the model is, is designed to describe. Yeah, sure. Discrepancies mount, but we can actually ignore it for large periods of time, right? It's only discrepancies are quite critical. Right, and that's something that's kind of very socially. Oh, uh, I'm not sure if I right? accept that. That's the pragmatic theory of truth again. Like, yeah, I don't, it might I, well be. I don't think it. Um, I don't think it is that we ignore them until they become so like cumbersome that we have. Them. No, dude, no. What it is is we ignore them until that we have sufficient information to fix them. It's thesis, antithesis, synthesis. Right? You can have uh, contradictions to your theory what without you having sufficient an information to fix them. Exactly. Don't you don't necessarily have the antithesis. That's my point. It's not about it being cumbersome over time. It's as soon as we have the information to fix it, we do. We don't. Like it's, it's the moment. It's about whether you have a model or theorem. No, no. I'm saying right? like when you have a model, right? The model encounters contradictions, right? The first time it encounters the contradictions, the things that it doesn't account for, right? You say, fuck. Either we are misinterpreting the evidence or the model is wrong. And then if you get more evidence, you're like, okay, the model is probably wrong, right? And then when enough evidence to figure out how the model is wrong, immediately you innovate the model. Immediately. You don't wait. You know where it is wrong. You don't know how it is wrong. You no, but I'm saying like 
you have to that's what that that is what the antithesis points you to that's why combining thesis and antithesis right. so, provides you with synthesis okay so knowing that for example uh -huh. um, gravity is not behaving the way you expect it to behave isn't the same as knowing how well you know knowing the next theory that's not i don't i don't accept theory. that they're very close they're very no knowing that yes they are knowing that something's going wrong isn't the same as knowing let me put it to you this way theory. right let me put it to you this way when you know that you've made a mistake within the recognition that you have made a mistake is the following observation all right by the factor with which i identify this as a mistake i can focus on that to figure things out about what is responsible for the mistake so when my model got to this part of the world it failed specifically what was it dealing with it was dealing with this right and so yes. you go and you you analyze the details of the failure and what you find is that is an instructive map to the actual source of the problem and if you can figure out how to follow the map and find the problem you can solve it and all of the contradictory pieces of evidence point to the thing that's wrong no I, I yes um, they do i think that i think what happens what actually happens right i, I disagree with your conception of what um scientific progress I'd say we have a mainstream model at any given point in time. You have a popular model, right? And we have fringe models. We always do. At any given moment in time, mm -hmm. there, are, there will always be scientists that entertain a variation of the popular model, right? They compete with each other just a little bit, but the mainstream model usually tends to hold sway, right? It's the thing that is kind of dominating, mainly because in most experiments, it's the thing that wins, right? These fringe mm -hmm. models don't deliver you anything that the mainstream model already does so there's no reason to entertain them however if you encounter a scenario in which a fringe theory actually surpasses the mainstream right then we become liable to substitute nah. the fringe theory for the mainstream no right? that is just um, that is just not true no no it, the, the mainstream true, right? but, the mainstream theories are not just uh like equivalent to the other theories it's not that the other theories do not offer anything extra the fringe theories offer less than the main theory and it is only when the main theory is inadequate in some way that a fringe theory can offer more like by definition if the main theory were not in some sense inadequate anything offered by the fringe theory would already be accounted for by the main right. so we don't know if it's inadequate or not the situation yeah, but I'm saying that like, occurs to us in real life, we don't know. How do you not know? How do you not time. know? It's you obvious. Know. You don't it's know obvious. until you when, encounter, so, right? But you no, can't no, ready? it before. I make a prediction. The prediction doesn't come true. My model's inaccurate. Yes. Now you. Yeah. Don't so know that's how I just know. I know. Right. You don't know. No, no, no. But I, I know some things about it, right? Rival. I must know some things about it. Yeah, but you don't know why it is that I don't is need to know accurate. why it is yet. Okay, the first step is I know that it is. The second step is working out why it is by gathering all right. of the instances where it does not hold true. Right, okay. Those so instances taken collectively, they they imply the problem. They do. They don't imply the solution. All they do no, is but they by by implying the problem, 
okay, they do imply the solution because as soon as you know what the problem is, you can fix it. It's as simple as that. It's like, okay, this is the mistake. How could we rectify that mistake? Boom, like that. Okay, it's easy. It's, you okay. reason about it. I'd like to just, if you could just, I don't know. If it makes any sense, just consider what I'm saying. You have mm -hmm. a lead, okay, let's call it leading, and we'll say the others are rival. You have a leading scientific theorem. Right, mm -hmm. your leading scientific theorem is say Newtonian, right now, right? At any given moment in time, very few because we are fallible human beings, our theorems rarely ever hit perfection immediately. We're aware that there will be flaws, right? So some mm -hmm. flaws occur, and we're not entirely sure why we have those flaws. Sometimes we discover that those flaws require a very minor fix to whatever your leading theory is. Like very small. It's literally like, oh. We need to just do this maths differently, right? Um, and nothing really changes. Like you don't actually change your postulates or anything. You're just changing something on the fringe of that theory, right? So you know, refinements to the uh, refining. You can refine a theory if you wish. That's one thing that happens in leading theories. Sometimes though, you encounter a problem that is much more fatal, right? You get something like the ultraviolet catastrophe, right? And it starts shitting out infinities, and you're like, well, this is a bad one, right? And what will happen is you, your community will actually split. You'll get the refiners who tend to say, hey, maybe this is just an implementation problem, right? There's nothing fundamentally wrong with the theorem. The problem is how we're using it, right? No. Yes. You get another group. You do always get another group, though, who says, hey, implementation, like working on that, isn't going to give you shit. There's a fundamental error. One of the core aspects of this leading theorem is it's, it's, it's self-flawed. There's a mm -hmm. flawed assumption in here, right? Yeah, yeah. And what will happen is that these true streams will actually continue to run. So there was actually a period with Newtonian science um, up against Einsteinian, right? Where it actually continued to run. There's a of refining course. group attempting to refine of it, right? Mm -hmm. The thing that occurred in this scenario is that the rival group, right? Their theorem hit the point of, you can consider it maturity. It hit maturity regard to our current set of data faster than their refining no, on the Newtonian, no. right? And charity no, here refers to the ability to encompass no. all current findings no. and then some, right? No, because it that implicit, like, the current in, contradictions in that more. conceptualization, though, you're implicitly suggesting that the theories, in principle, are equivalent, and that is not the case. No, no, at the point, at the point of... No, you, when you say maturity... When you say maturity, right, you are mm -hmm. implying that, uh, like, it's just a matter of uh, how quickly each reach the uh, point of encompassing all the material, which does imply that no, each of I'm them are equally that... capable of the no, thing. No, I, and I don't so accept that. That's an unintended implication. I don't feel like I actually implied that, but I can okay, no, but I, I, I think... Unclear right, language so... on my behalf, right? So I'm just saying that... What will happen is between your leading theory and your rivals, one of them will eventually hit the point where they explain your pre-existing data. Of course. Some of, the, some of the troublesome data. And then sometimes they'll even give you new things yes, to look for. Yes, of course. Right? Mm -hmm. right? You can't tell prior what's going to occur. So right That's now, irrelevant, though. sitting here today, right? I, I don't think there's any scientist that can sit here today and tell you if it is the case that our, the standard model of physics needs refining yeah. or we need to paradigm shift. No one can no, tell you I, that now. 
I'm not right. sure how you think that. that that's in contradiction to what I said, though. What do you mean? No, you think that I mean, you seem to have this like, inception. No, no, like, I agree. We look with at all the errors. That. We look at the errors, and the errors themselves will suggest the solution. I'm saying that's that true. sometimes you don't. That's correct. I'm saying that you don't Hello. know whether refinement's needed or that's irrelevant. Change the code. No, it's important. It's the, it's the Quine do him uh, thesis. It's a core thing of Phil of Cypher. No, but the point that I'm making is deal, very simple. Right? I it's fundamentally. It's dude, listen. I fundamentally. No, listen, listen. I, the point I'm making is simple, right? I mm -hmm. agree with everything that you just said, but none of it contradicted the thing I was saying. Which is, what I, do you think I'm not, I'm not denying that that's part of science. I'm saying, regardless of whether a refinement or a renovation is needed, the error that is made, the contradictions to the theory, are still the instructive element that helps you to conceptualize the solution. Okay, so they're not. Let but me explain, how? Right? You didn't so demonstrate just, that so with your example. When, when we look at the ultraviolet catastrophe, right? What you get is a mismatch in the data. That mismatch... Oh, it's dude, still, you can't just say the thing again. Wait. No, I know. Oh, is it like a bad example? or? No, I said I agreed with that. It doesn't contradict me. I'm saying that... No, no, no. I'm giving you an example, a real-life thing, right? So just no, but because you, you said that example get, at the no, no, start no, of get this what issue. you said just before. I know, because it seems real, it seems useful, right? So, I mean, in every, I, I would almost put this up. In every real-life example in which a leading theory has struggled to explain something, that struggling to explain something hasn't itself been enough information to determine the solution. What is not often immediately. Required, what is often, no, not, not even not immediately. It just isn't enough information, right? The thing is, what's often required is some exterior information much more than this right so maybe it takes someone fundamentally reworking a posture then seeing the results of it right and then coming in with that new why, model why and applying why did someone why did someone rework that postulate specifically just because oh, so are you well, so you're saying it's hit and miss is that what you're implying no i'm just saying no they were aiming at that postulate not... why did they aim at that postulate specifically because it was related to the error, they obviously. They didn't need to aim at that postulate. No, they did. I mean, they needed no, they to didn't. aim at the incorrect postulate. Yes or no? No, they didn't need to aim at the So you're saying postulate. there was no miss, particular... No, my point is, you're saying either that they were just hit and missing to get the correct one, or you're saying yes. that they were not aiming at the correct thing. No, they don't know where to aim. This no, is, but I'm is, saying, here's what aim, I'm saying. Right? I'm saying that's wrong. That's wrong. That is wrong, okay? People okay, don't hit and miss. Can you give any real-world example of your theorem? Like, I don't. <sighs> of course, any. all right? Yes, sure. easily, all right? When Einstein derived his theories of relativity, he didn't do it through hit and miss, obviously. What he did was he thought about the limitations of the current model through a thought experiment. He conceptualized an exception to the model with a thought experiment, and he used the exception to derive the correct paradigm of interpretation. Yes. Now, do you think... So, bear, bear, bear. You just, you just no, no, admitted. Wait, wait. Yeah, you said yes, in sync. right? In sync. In sync. So, your point is that you can... Maybe there's a word stuck in here, right? I think you can reliably derive the solution. Are you just saying that some people, one, one person will eventually derive the solution? Because there's a difference here, right? I'm saying that one person, one person will, will eventually, eventually derive the solution, That's, but... Okay. 
But sure, that the, when they do it, when they do it, sure, privilege. When they do it, the way that this granted. No, but you're not listening. Though. The way that the way that the solution is derived is by paying very close attention to the inadequacies of the previous model. Yeah, it's trivial. Sure, you're right. It's not yeah, trivial. One, per, one person. That's not will trivial. Eventually, be how do you, no, sorry. I'm sorry. How do you just it. randomly get to assert that it's trivial? You're not saying you can reliably do so. So you're not saying so. There's a difference. I right? am saying no, no, no. I'm not. Dude, you're really strawmanning me here. Listen very carefully. I'm not saying that it reliably occurs in a certain fashion, as in like, you know, people always get it immediately or even quickly. I'm saying the thing that's reliable is that every time we renovate the model, we do so the same way, which is to pay very close attention to the inadequacies of the previous one. Right. So I'm saying that what that is reliable dealing. Yeah. So what I'm saying is what's happening here is a form of the survivorship bias, right? You're looking at the one guy who succeeded and sure when you no, look at the one guy who succeeded, dude. yeah, by all means, you, like if you take Einstein's example, right? You're going to see what you're going to look. You asked look me for an example. So, I don't no, understand no, how you no, get to make right, that criticism. Right. And, and the reason I want to use because I knew that this would probably occur. No, like, you can't so ask me for an example and then say you gave an example and your example is indicating that you're using a bias right. in your explanation. So, your example that you gave me indicates the usage of the survivorship bias is what I'm saying, right? Oh, dude, but the point is, is that by asking me for an is... example, you guarantee that you can use that criticism against me, which means it's not very fair of you. You I'm asked for the trying. example. I didn't give yes, it to you. You I asked. Likely use the survivorship bias. No, but right? everybody who uses an example uses a survivorship bias. Not as strongly as this. Sure, yes, as strongly as accept... that. You actually moments ago said that you know, like you agreed that not everyone's going to be reliably led to a solution. You're actually aware that there is a large contingent of people who see the same problem and aren't led to any solution at all, right? Duh, that's because people differ in abilities. And you are, so you're, you're very People differ in abilities, you're not... You're not demonstrating anything not about the problem. Ability, not different abilities even. Yes, right? different abilities. Who, Einstein what, was exceptional. That is why Einstein got the solution. He's smart, but he's not. It like, is. He was exceptional. He had exceptional spatial awareness. That's what let him derive the theory of relativity. So you mean to say, like, awareness of a, an, there being an issue is what? Um, necessary is a fundamental right? yes, it, and another, yes, another quality is talent that's solution. necessary but not sufficient. Pardon, talent is necessary but not sufficient. Uh, yes, yes, that is what I'm saying. Yes, uh, yeah, no, it, the trouble here is that you and me have very different sets of assumptions. Oh, yeah, right? I don't want, yeah, but. I like you understand that that cannot be a refutation. Why? Oh no no. It's because not a you're just no, saying no. like we disagree. No, that's not a refutation. No, no, no. Yeah, I know. I'm saying that we disagree. That's all I'm saying. Right? It's nothing. Okay, more but maybe we could things. agree, right? Maybe we could, for I, instance, I agree that, look, about why I'm we disagree. Fair. So, I, I, you and me will agree insofar as saying that the progress of science is inevitable, right? But mm -hmm. I don't agree that. Say awareness of a problem leads to a solution. 
I think that I most of the that's, time, that's, that, that is a simplistic to, reduction. Wait, wait. I say, if, I would say, if you were to inductively infer, I think what you'd probably see is uh, something like a thousand scientists be aware that there's an issue, maybe up to a million, and only one guy gets it right. Mean that yeah, but that doesn't contradict is what that I'm most saying. of the time, most of the time, awareness of a problem doesn't actually lead to a solution. That's what we should yeah, infer. That's not right? that doesn't address what um, I'm saying. But but you, I think you would agree that the inference here would actually naturally be that awareness of a solution doesn't lead to a solution, right? That's not the point. It does, most of the time, it doesn't. Okay, lead to let me see. Let me see if I can make it to. like. Let me see if I can make it super clear to you. I shouldn't have to because you actually got it in your own words. You said it to me. I said yes, right? What I'm saying mm -hmm. is that like the the uh uh what would you say the development of the solution to a problem is necessarily predicated upon a consideration of the inadequacies of the, the problematic framework. You're saying what sure. is inadequate about the model and that is how you derive the solution. I'm not saying that knowing what the inadequacy is necessarily leads you to derive the solution and I'm not too sure how you can even com confuse the two because they're very distinct. It's a necessary condition. It is not necessarily efficacious right um so no no but that's not the point the point is no, no, it is necessarily efficacious it's just it's that like there are other factors involved in being able to realize the efficacious nature of it right it's the same thing as for instance all right the idea of um let's say the idea that it's possible to make um, heavier than air flying machines. It's not that that idea had no efficacy. It's that like for a long time we built them wrong. And then when we built them right, the idea had all the efficacy. Um, no, that's, wait, what? The idea of being able to make machines that were heavier than air that could fly, right? Now that wasn't effective. That idea didn't work up until it did work and then it has worked ever since i mean yeah how does that really yeah sense? so the point is the point is that idea in itself you might say that it wasn't uh like necessarily efficacious but i'm saying that the way that you construe the idea is also involved in whether or not the efficacy of the idea is realized the idea that you can have machines that are heavier than air that can fly that idea is actually efficacious right there are just other factors involved in realizing the efficacy yeah it's an engineering problem I, I exactly engineering that's problem. that's what i said that's what i said so i'm saying that the <laughs> that the like problems the inadequacies of the previous model that is necessarily efficacious towards the solution it's an engineering problem you need to engineer it properly and obviously. So Einstein brilliantly engineered the, pro the solution to the problem and other people didn't engineer very good ones. Yeah, sure. I mean. So that's the exact analogy. Right. Because it's historical by all means, we know the end of this thing, right? It's no, but I'm saying that that, that that pattern is continuous. It's going on today and it'll go on into the future. The, it will go on to a future past the part they're going to struggle to assert. You can inductively infer it. Yeah, sure. But yes, of course. And I'm comfortable with making the inference. Yes, of course. We all should be. It is a good inductive inference, right? Um, something like the sun will rise tomorrow is a good inductive inference. 
course. It doesn't actually make it true. Just it doesn't it matter. I don't need to know what's true. I admit that truth is something which is unattainable from my subjective perception. All I can settle for is what seems to me to be true. And I do my best to critique that, and I invite other people to critique it too. I'm trying to make sure that what I believe to be true is as close to what is actually true as possible while nonetheless maintaining in my mind that such a thing is impossible for me. I cannot reach the thing that I aim for, but aiming for it is useful. And so that's what I do. And to the degree that I think that my like efforts are consistent with my goal, I call what I believe to be true, true. You're not a pragmatist? No, I'm not a pragmatist. Huh. It's very pragmatic of you, though. <laughs> mm, that's because uh, the pragmatic theory of truth is not completely incorrect. It's just completely incomplete. <laughs> it was never intended to be complete. Uh, yeah, but... but the point is that if you have a complete model of truth, then you don't need the pragmatic theory of truth, and it becomes incorrect. If you incorrect. have a complete model of truth, then you'd at least have one true model. Uh, well, you'd have a subjective model of truth that you're saying is true. Uh, it'd be as close to true as you could possibly get. It would of course, be... yeah. Yeah. Uh, what am I saying? What am I saying? Right, right. Okay, so I, I disagree that induction is necessarily stronger or weaker. Uh, like I right mean, at the beginning. We're, we're talking about my I feel like I actually got weaker, you to admit on so two separate what occasions. happens for me is um, you get, was it Bertrand, Bertrand Russell? Yeah. Bertrand Russell. There's mm -hmm. a Bertrand, Bertrand Russell, Russell around fun guy. Bertrand Russell. Um, he talks about the issues with um induction. So it's human, but human, not so exciting. Um, but one of the issues is that while you can inductively infer something, you don't just not get truth. You don't even get proper confidence or likelihood or probability, right? So you can observe something be the case in every instance in the past. But now that's actually truly comparing towards the future, not even in a yes. more likely sense. It's actually kind of, I in mean, a weird way, it's that, that, irrelevant. Look, I can, I can understand how you reach that conclusion because you're using a pragmatic theory of truth. But because of what I understand truth to be, I that's, am more comfortable making that claim. That's actually kind of completely the... I would say it's completely wrong seeing it because I mean you can't, pragmatic you can't say truth, it's completely um, wrong. Under pragmatic theory of truth, there's a certain sense of justification to why we would use induction, right? Yeah. But outside of that, I would wonder. No, but what dude, exactly dude, dude, the thing is, I said it wasn't wrong. It's incomplete. My theory mm. of truth includes yours. It just is yeah. better because it goes further. I actually sure. say. I, I describe truth in the ontological sense, not just in the epistemological sense. Right. Um, so my own stance, I use pragmatism as a metaphilosophical statement. I don't care what um, the remainder of philosophy is. It actually exists as a metaphilosophy. It says the direction. Well, I don't, don't accept that. It's incomplete. No, no, it's it's, no, it's, no, it's not even incomplete. It's like inadequate. It doesn't account for, for instance, right. morality, right? Because if you say the pragmatic theory of truth is sufficient, then we get to morality. And you, of course, are like compelled to say, for instance, that morality is uh, about right and wrong, where right is defined by what promotes well-being and wrong is pr defined by what detriments well-being. Do you agree? Vaguely, yeah. 
What's yeah, that's that? insufficient. Insufficient that because insufficient? what because what benefits my well-being could well detriment yours. And why does that make it insufficient? That's a contradiction. How can something be both right and wrong? It cannot. It is right for you and wrong for me. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying is that shouldn't be possible. The fact that you can say that means that the terms are insufficient. Yeah, right. So universe, it's not universal. So I'm saying, so I'm saying it's the pragmatic like theory narrative. of truth, the pragmatic theory of truth is what results in the insufficiency. And that if you use a more complete mm. model of truth, you don't get the insufficiency. Nearly all forms of consequentialist egotism will suffer that. Regardless yes, of, the, of course, the I'm not a consequentialist. Right, yeah. So, sure, because if you're not a consequentialist, then by default... No, but I'm saying, like, default, I'm um, saying that you can include the consequentialist analysis without settling for it. So, personally, I am an egotist. I don't mind it. I think by all means, we cannot, we can't actually derive universal morality. Right, I don't think that's derivable. What what you're always doing, and people mistaken it, but what you're always doing is deriving it for yourself. All you uh, have to do when you time. do morality is you just derive it for yourself. Well, look, here's what I think. I think it's that extensible. if it doesn't spread. Look, look, if you were using the correct terms, then what you derived for yourself to be the ultimate good would automatically cohere with the good of everybody else. No, why should it? Yes. No, if you were using the correct terms, of course, according to you, that will not be the case because you use a pragmatic theory of truth, right? I'm saying that's incomplete. If it is incomplete, then your analysis on morality is necessarily right. incomplete. So, so when you say it the, shouldn't be the case, that is coming from a limited perspective, right? Because all you can okay. see is the way it is for the pragmatic theory of truth. I'm saying like from where I'm sitting, it is okay. actually better accounted for by different terms. Okay, there's two things to say here. One, I'll give you the same line I gave Evan. If you have a unique worldview, which just states that things are wrong, that's great. But since I'm, not within your world, since I'm not within your worldview, it's, you already what are aware that it's not what relevant. What did I state was wrong? Right. I no, didn't no, say anything. You just said wrong. you just said by your your worldview, right? That's essentially what you are going to end up being. Yeah, by your worldview, the pragmatic theory of truth is wrong. Or no, whichever way you wish it to be, I don't no. mind. Right? There's a real difference between to... incomplete. Wait, there is a huge difference between incomplete and wrong. Huge, Shoo. massive. Incom okay, incomplete doesn't mean wrong, right? We agree on this. Exactly. Right. So, so it's it's incomplete. You, you wanna... It's not right. wrong. It's just not right. So... What? It's not wrong. It's partly correct. It is just not completely correct. Right. So I don't think completeness is necessary. No, I don't think completeness is necessary in general, because obviously completeness right. from a logical standpoint is impossible. What I'm saying, if we're performing an analysis, completeness to the best of our ability is necessary, and the pragmatic theory of truth uh, terminates the analysis before we get to the end of what we're capable of. Basically, okay, it doesn't go as foundational as it could get. Could you talk to that? Yeah, of course. Okay, so basically, my understanding of truth 
is an ontological mm -hmm. one. Truth is transcendent. Truth is that which is as it is independently of everything you might think of it, perceive about it, or say about it, right? And so when we're saying, you're saying that what's true is what's useful, I'm saying something a hell of a lot stronger than that. Hell yes, of a lot stronger. Because it's stronger, it demands more evidence, right? You earlier re rejected abduction because it asks for too much. I didn't reject it. Can I, not I reject said it? I didn't reject it. Okay, you, you say that we should favor the weaker hero, right? No, I said by that if we have, default, I said, wait, let's be clear. I said if we have two claims that are basically equivalent and one yes. of them is stronger and one of them is weaker and we could, like, it, it would be sufficient to make the weaker claim for our purposes, we should go with the weaker claim. Right. So I'm so saying for our purposes, you're making, for our purposes, say, it's not yeah, sufficient to go with the weaker making, claim about truth. Right. Because the claim you're making is the basis of epistemology, right? It is essentially the strongest claim you could make. Right? Of course. It, it is stronger than every other subsequent claim. Of course. Every other claim draws its strength from that. Therefore, when I claim and you say that my worldview is a subset of yours. I'm, but I'm not right? dismissing it. But if I say a lesser claim is the foundation of mine. By the same idea that we should prefer no. the weaker claim, then we should prefer mine. No, no. Yeah, like, were you listening to the other two conditions? If yeah, your claim... As complete, wait, complete. if I, your... I see mine as an early termination of yours, right? So the endpoints no, are the same. The end is, are your, is your claim functionally equivalent to mine? I'm asking you, is it? No, it's not. No, not at all. Then can you talk to where it is functionally different? Yeah, of course. Okay. I'm saying what is true is what is useful does not account for the fact that what is useful does not always like account for all the things that are true. There are things that are true in the world that don't, don't correspond to any utility for you. Like, well... Black holes are not useful to you. Um, I can. Like, you know, the there are the lots day, of things in the world. It's pragmatism, right? No, but the pragmatic theory of truth is thus: what is true is what is useful. That is what the pragmatic theory of truth is. Hmm. 